Christmas, and we're calling this series Unwrapped. And over the course of the next four weeks or so, we're going to be looking at the gifts of joy and hope and peace and love and how these gifts are found in their purest and most powerful form in the person of Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to launch this series as we talk about joy. And so I thought that the best way to start a sermon about joy would be to talk about what joy is. But instead, I decided to first of all talk about what joy is not. This guy is not joy. If you're a Grinch, there's no joy. My, my concern is that when we then talk about what joy is, that we might swing the pendulum all the way to the other side and we might look at the, the fake or the phony or the, the hyped up kind of an individual like SpongeBob. And again, that's not joy. And that's good for us, isn't it? That's good news for us. This is not joy. One of my kids' favorite songs uh, during the Christmas season used to be a song that, that went like this Christmas, Christmas time is here. Time for joy and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. And this song really, it kind of conjures up the feeling that this world's view of temporary good behavior that produces temporary good feelings of joy. And you know, joy is something that you feel. But to borrow a line from the old Boston song, love is, it's more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. It's not just mountaintop experiences. You know, the reality is there's a lot of situations that produce feelings of happiness and joy. Just like there's a lot of circumstances that produce feelings of sadness. And joy is certainly something that you feel, but it's more than a feeling. It's an emotion, but it's more than an emotion. And that's because there are actually two different kinds of joys. And I don't know if you guys have, have uh, found this out or discovered this yet. I'm, I'm certain that you have, but maybe you've not been able to put the words to it. So let me try to explain. The two different kinds of joy are identified by their source. There's a joy that's based on circumstances. And the joy comes and goes as the circumstances change. But there is also a joy that is a gift that is sent from above. And that joy is as consistent as the unchanging God in whom that source is found. The gift of joy that comes from above is dependent upon our Father rather than our circumstances. And so that joy can be constant. And that's how Scripture can tell us in 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to always be joyful. There's only three words in this verse. Only three words. But there's something inside of me that wishes it was only two words. Just be joyful because we always stumble over that word always, don't we? Always be joyful. That means in all situations, in all circumstances, which includes the difficult ones, the ones that we don't like, the ones that we can't control. Scripture tells us that we are still called to be joyful, and it's because that joy is found not in the circumstance, but in the God who brings it. 
So how do you find that kind of joy? The kind of joy that lasts through difficulty. The kind of joy that lasts in an imperfect world. And that's the message of Christmas, that Christ came to bring that joy into this world, the world in which you and I live. It's a joy that's not dependent upon the world. It's not dependent upon the circumstances, but upon the one who brought it. So we're going to look this morning at five truths about this kind of joy, the joy that comes from above. And we're going to look together at the first people of Christmas, the people of the first Christmas. And each of them have something to teach us about joy. And so let's jump in right away. The first truth about joy we learn from the shepherds. And that is that joy is here. Joy is here. So let me clarify. Joy is not in a place. Joy is in you. Joy is here. So it's always with you. If you're looking at one of those maps, and you see on one of those maps, you see these at a mall lots of times, and it has a circle that says, you are here. And if you think that you're looking then for joy, like it's a store over here somewhere, and, and joy to you is a line that connects you to joy, that's not how joy works. Joy is not in a location. You don't go somewhere to get joy. It's not somewhere else. Joy is here. It's where you are. It's the life that you're living right now. And the shepherds discovered that joy was where they were in uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you'd read this with me, please. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So the picture is this group of shepherds on a, another normal, usual night of watching sheep. They're out watching the sheep, and all of a sudden, in the midst of that life, a routine life, a business as usual, a often boring life even for the shepherds. In the midst of that life, God shows up. Joy shows up in the midst of that kind of life. And that's great hope for you and I when we look at this and we realize that God can show up in our life, in my life, right where we are, right where you are, right in the midst of your current circumstance, your current situation, and he can bring genuine joy. You don't have to go on a vacation to find joy. Now, how many of you guys would like to challenge that statement right now? <laughs> Vacations are wonderful, but you don't have to go on a vacation to find joy. You don't have to leave your job to find joy. You don't have to leave a situation to find joy because joy is not in a location. It's a gift that God places inside of you. So the first truth is that joy is here. The second truth about joy comes from the shepherds as well, and that is that joy is sent. Some people try to work harder to get joy, and it's almost like an oxymoron that people would also try to work harder to get peace or work harder to get rest, and we think that somehow we can bring it to pass, that we can create it, 
There's other people who think that being joyful is to ignore all the bad things in the world. That's not joy. Joy isn't being unaware or out of touch. It's actually recognizing that God is present inside of every situation, even the difficult ones. It's not being ignorant of the difficult things or the unpleasant things in this world. It's recognizing and acknowledging that God is actually even in the midst of those. There are other people who think that joy is like a lucky circumstance, kind of like winning the lottery, that there's this one in a million chance that if you're lucky enough, you'll experience joy. I've come across a lot of people who are waiting for that, and they feel like there's nothing they can do, but if they're lucky enough, one day, they too will experience joy. But the reality is, none of those things are true. Because joy is not created from within. Joy is sent from above. It's something that God sends into your life. Joy is a gift. And that's what we're looking at today, the gifts of the season. Joy is a gift that is sent from the Father above. He sent it to the shepherds, and you'll read about it in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angels said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy. And I've always thought about the difference between good news and great joy. Well, good news becomes great joy when it becomes personal to you. If you told me that you won a million dollars last week, I would say, that's good news. If I won a million dollars last week, that's great joy. The circumstances, of, it's become personal. Do you understand? It's become personal. The good news has become great joy. And that's what Christmas joy is all about. The angel said, I bring you the good news of great joy for all the people. The good news that God is at work. The significance of the message that the angel brought was that God has entered into your world to bring salvation. That's good news. And for those who receive him, it's the good news of great joy, exceeding joy, intense joy. It's the greatest work of God for all the people. But Christmas is also very personal because Jesus came for you. He came to let you know that he loves you that he has a plan for your life, that he has a promise for your life, that he has a future for your life, that he has this unconditional, no matter what, love for your life. And when you recognize that Jesus was sent not just for the rest of the world, but for you, then all of a sudden, the good news becomes great joy. And that's the joy that's sent then into your life. So joy is here, and joy 
is sent into our lives. And then from the wise men, we learn a third truth about joy, and that is that joy is oftentimes a journey. Joy is a process in life. It doesn't always just happen in an instant like we would like it to. How many of you guys would love to have a joy button and you just push it and that's all it takes? And while we're at it, we'd also take a peace button and a fulfillment button and it goes on and on and on. That's not how it works. Oftentimes, joy is a journey. And so you think about the story of these wise men. These wise men started their journey in a distant land in the east. The first time that they saw the star It indicated to them that a king was being born. And so they began their journey that took approximately two years. They did not come to Jesus while he was still in the manger. It was two years later. And so you read in Scripture in the book of Matthew that when they got to Bethlehem and they saw the star again, Not the first time, but when they saw the star again, in Matthew 2.10, it says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. But they traveled a long time before they experienced that joy. For them, it took time. It wasn't an instant thing. And the Bible makes it really clear that oftentimes that's how joy works in our life as well. In fact, there's a beautiful passage in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, that says that weeping may last for a night. Well, there's, there's nothing beautiful about that, is there? However, it goes on to say, but joy comes in the morning. And we recognize then that oftentimes this journey to joy starts with tears, and it might start with pain, but it's out of those tears and those painful circumstances that you then recognize that God is actually with you in those difficult circumstances. And joy comes then in the morning. And Jesus spoke about it himself. He said in John 16, 20, he said, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. It will turn to joy. We often cry our place, we cry ourselves to a place of joy. We'll grieve ourselves to a place of joy, but it's when we recognize that right in the midst of those circumstances, it's when we acknowledge that God is actually with us right there, that this different joy, this new joy comes to us, a joy that's not dependent upon those circumstances. And that's how you can have joy in all situations. And isn't that the kind of joy that we all want? One that's not based on our circumstances because we know that life seems to be like a roller coaster. And if we only get joy on those mountaintop experiences, that means we're going to have a really difficult time in a lot of seasons of life where we're lacking it. But that's not at all the picture that Jesus paints for us. It's not at all the picture that scripture paints for us. That's not at all the plan that God has for us. He sends a different kind of joy that's above the circumstances and all the situations that you're facing in life. And so the story of the wise men, it reminds us that joy is oftentimes a process. But we're also in a season of celebrating Emmanuel, God with us, 
God with us in that process. God with us in those difficult circumstances. God with us in those trying times. Joy with us in those difficult times. We can't experience that way. We can't experience that. There's a fourth truth about joy that we learn from a man named Simeon, and it's probably the most difficult and uh, misunderstood truth about joy, and that is that joy is oftentimes scary. So hear, hear me on this, okay? Joy often is scary at first. Now, Simeon, we don't know as much about him as we do the shepherds or the wise men, and maybe part of it is because the words that he spoke are uh, not quite as inspiring as the angel's words. Um, Simeon met Jesus and his parents in the, in the uh, temple where, when he was being dedicated, and it, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit showed Simeon that this was the Messiah. And so Simeon walks up to uh, Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus, and in Luke chapter 2, verse 34, it says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. What's joyful about that? What's beautiful about that? Well, it's that we again need to read on. But he will be a joy to many others. So here's Simeon telling this honest truth about joy. There's some people that when they hear the truth about Jesus, they're going to miss it. They're going to fall short. But other people are going to have great joy. How many of you guys would like to be in that latter group? You want to be in the group that, I found joy. <laughs> I didn't fall short. I found joy. And as you watch the story of Jesus unfold, as you read through the Gospels, you see how what Simeon spoke really did play out. There were many people who missed it. And why did they miss it? How come they fell short? And yet others were able to grab a hold of it and receive the joy that Simeon spoke of here. Well, the thing that really separated them is there was a group of people who missed it because they felt like they already had it. They were holding on to the things, the circumstances, that created the first kind of joy that we spoke about, that was circumstantial. And so this group of people who had the power they were holding on. They already had the joy. This group of people who had the wealth, they already had the joy. This group of people who had the positions and they had the authority and they had the titles, they already had the joy that was created from circumstances. They thought they already had it and they were holding on to these things that they thought would bring joy. So kings like Herod missed it. Religious leaders like the Pharisees, they missed it because they were hanging on to what they already had, thinking that they already had true joy. But the ones who got it, the latter group, the group of people that we want to be found in, right? That group of people, they recognized that Jesus came to give them something that they never truly had in the first place. I'm sure that you can think back on seasons in your life when you yourself recognized that there was something that you actually never had to begin with. You thought you did, but it was actually a circumstantial joy or a circumstantial peace or circumstantial fulfillment. And then when the circumstances changed, 
it was gone. And you stepped back and you said, I never really had true joy in the first place. I never really had true peace in the first place. And yet Jesus stepped into this world and he said, I am bringing you something that's not based on your circumstances. It's based on me. And this group of people recognized that Jesus was bringing them something that they never truly had. The same thing is true for us today. That you and I need to realize that sometimes it is a scary thing. This thing about joy is that you have to let go of the things that you're holding on to that you thought would give you joy in order to actually grab a hold of the joy that only Christ can bring. Because you and I, we can build our whole life around our education or we can build our whole life around our, our careers or our jobs. Or we can build our whole life around our marriage or around our family. You can build your whole life on different things and think that that is going to bring joy. But then it doesn't happen. And Jesus says, I want you to have a great family. I want you to have a great job. I want all of these wonderful things for you, but you will never find real joy there because joy is found in me. It's found in a relationship with me. And as great as that news is for you and I, in many of us, it can still produce a scary moment of letting go. So perhaps a really good and yet difficult question for you this morning is what have you been holding on to hoping that it would bring joy into your life. The truth of the matter is that those things were never meant to bring joy. You were meant to get joy from your relationship with the Father. And that's why God the Father sent his son, Jesus, into the world as a gift to us. This gift of great joy that he came for us so that we could have a relationship with the Father so that we could experience true joy. And so this morning, I cheer you on. I cheer you on to let go of those other things and to grab onto him. There's a fifth and final truth about joy that I'd like to look at for just a moment. And this one we learned from Mary, Jesus' mother. Mary obviously had great joy, <laughs> At Christmas, But when you look closely at Mary's story, you actually find out this truth, that joy is a choice, and it's oftentimes a brave choice. Mary had great joy. In fact, she sang a whole song about it in Luke chapter 1. But you need to know that that's not where she started. She didn't start there. It was actually a decision that she made. And let's look at this together. Luke chapter 1, verses 29 to 30. And it says, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And you might underline these words, confused, disturbed, and afraid, because that's where Mary actually started confused, disturbed, and afraid. An angel had just told her that she's going to have a virgin birth. How does that happen? 
Who's going to believe that? She was confused. She was disturbed. She was afraid. And yet you find in just a couple of verses later that she's joyful. What happened? How many of you guys would love to move that quickly from being afraid and confused to joyful in your own life? What Mary did was what we have just talked about in these last few moments. She made a choice. She decided to trust God. See, the thing about joy is that it often requires you to make a brave decision to trust God instead of trusting yourself. And I can imagine in that moment that Mary had to remind herself, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God. I'm confused right now, I'm I'm, I'm nervous, I'm afraid, but I trust God. I don't trust myself, I trust God. Have you ever had to remind yourself that you don't trust yourself, you trust God? And the great thing about that kind of choice, when you remind yourself and you choose to trust God, the reward of that decision is joy. It's not about me. It's not about my circumstance. God is above my circumstance. God can use all things together for the good of those who are seeking after him. God is the one who is in control, not me, not this circumstance. This situation is not going to have the final say in my life. God is, and I trust him, and now I can have great joy because I've got my my eyes on the right thing. It's not on the circumstances. It's on the one who brings it. See, the challenge is no matter how long you've been a follower of Christ, by default, our human nature wants to trust ourselves rather than to trust God. That's what our human nature wants. And that's why scripture talks about this decision that you make of surrendering to the Lord. But then it also talks about daily dying, daily taking up your cross, which means that daily you have to say, I trust God. I'm not trusting in myself. I trust God. I'm not trusting in my circumstances. I trust God. And joy is the reward of that choice. It's a difficult choice at times. Jesus was our example when he decided to trust the will of the Father rather than his own desire. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, oh God, if there is any way for this cup to pass from me, he didn't want it. He didn't want it, but he chose God, I trust you. And the scripture says in Hebrews 12, 2, for the joy set before him, he endured that cross. God, I trust that there is joy on the other side of this decision. I trust you. It's not my will, it's yours. I trust you. It's not this circumstance, it's you. I trust you. And I know that there is joy on the other side of this decision. For the joy that set before me. I think that with many of us, our, our challenge is that we think that we're almost to joy. And that's kind of a, this perspective that we just fall into in life. And we say, well, if I can make just a little bit more money, then I'll have joy. If I can find just the right relationship, then I'll have joy. If I can get the right job or the right school or the right recognition, then if I can just have a little bit more, I'll have joy. But the answer is, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. 
Because joy is not found in trusting ourselves or trusting in our things. Joy is found in trusting in our God. The good news about that is that every one of us can experience joy today, right now, in your current situation, in your current circumstance, in your current relationships, in your current job, in your current situation, you can experience joy. And I love this passage when Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. He said this, he said, I've told you these things so that you can have the same joy that I have and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. That's what Jesus wants for you, the fullest possible joy. Who wants that? Come on, you shouldn't be asleep right now. Who wants the fullest? You just want a little bit? I want the fullest possible joy. That's what God wants for you. That's what Jesus said he came to bring you, the fullest possible joy, not a little slice. The fullest possible joy. That's his desire for you. And that's the story of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is that you can choose to trust in the Lord and you can receive that joy because joy is found in Jesus. That's why we can say with absolute confidence that he is the greatest gift we have ever received because in the person of Jesus, we have joy, we have peace, we have hope, we have love, we have purpose, we have fulfillment in the one greatest single gift ever, in Jesus Christ. This morning, if you have never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we close. Maybe that's you right now. You've never made that decision, and you're ready. Or maybe you find yourself in a position where you made that decision in the past, but then you stopped trusting in God and you started trusting in yourself again. And you're ready to get back to the way that it needs to be. You're ready to put your trust in Jesus again. So if that's you, I'm gonna ask everyone, if you guys would just simply bow your heads this morning, close your eyes. This is a holy moment between us and our God. And if you find yourselves in that position and you want to make that commitment to the Lord, I encourage you to just pray this prayer along with me. Father, I, I desperately want this joy in my life and I recognize that you sent this joy in the form of your son, Jesus Christ. And so God, I'm asking today, I'm asking this morning that you would forgive me of my sins. God, I place my trust in you, not in myself, but I place my trust in you now. And I'm trusting you to, to make me righteous, to make me right. It's not about what I do. It's this commitment to you because of what you have done. Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life, that you would become the Lord and Savior of my life that you would guide me, that you would lead me into that life that we've talked about this morning, this life filled with joy. I pray that you would do that starting today. God, from this day forward, I commit myself to you. And it's the powerful name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. And now for all of us, the beginning of our season, this season of joy, when we have to remind ourselves 
Our joy is not found in our circumstances. Our joy is not found in presence under the tree. Our joy is not found in the people that surround us during this season. Oh, those are wonderful circumstantial things. But our real joy is not found there. Our joy is found in the gift of Jesus Christ, the unchanging, always constant, full of love, right in the middle of your mess, gift of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to just pray a final prayer this morning of just focusing ourselves and committing ourselves to this gift. Would you guys join me as we close? Lord, we look to you to find joy this Christmas. We're not looking to things. We're not looking to circumstances. We're not looking to other people. We're looking to you. And God, we thank you for the great joy that you sent us in the form of your son, Jesus. And we celebrate him, not just this season, but in all seasons of life. And it's in his matchless name that we pray these things. Amen. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and hope and peace as you trust in him. Amen. Would you guys please stand for our final hymn?